Wonderful Jesus. Are you happy? Oh, you should be. You've got good reason to be. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We just say thank you for your presence. Father, thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us. You are so faithful. Lord, we thank you that it's for freedom you've set us free. Thank you for that glorious freedom, Lord, that it's your delight for us to walk in. Help us to continue to walk in the freedom that you've purchased for us. Help us to walk free and clear, with clean consciences, clean hands and a pure heart. Father, I thank you that it's by your grace, by your help. Lord, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But a lot of people in the new year, they like to make New Year's resolutions. Who's ever made a New Year's resolution? A few people. Who's ever kept a New Year's resolution for the whole year? Oh, well done. I'm so pleased. I'm so proud of you. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not so much into New Year's resolutions, but I do like at the turn of the year, to make purposeful decisions to go higher in my walk. And so I guess that's a New Year's resolution. I believe the Father is looking for people who will walk with an attitude of seeing from heaven's perspective and really understanding the concept of eternity and the importance of living our life very deliberately, very purposefully. My personality, they would say, I suppose, is an ENFP, if whatever that means. Hallelujah. So I'm pretty spontaneous. Oh, let's do this. And um, scare my staff all the time. It's like, suddenly we'll do this on the spur of the moment. And that's good. God likes my personality. And he likes your personality. Hallelujah. But my personality isn't naturally geared to super organization. Does anybody else relate to that? And so I found over the years as I've grown, I've had to really work on that side of, of my personality because I've found that as I've become busier and busier and busier, if I am not intentional on how I spend my life, I just happen to, to move through it and, and I don't really live as if, as fully as I desire in my heart to do. Now, the heart of God is he wants us. He wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to love him. And when I was younger, I'd think, okay, I want to I want to pray more. I want to pray more. But I didn't make a, a real plan to do it. And I'd do it sporadically. I'd do like four hours one day, 10 minutes the next day, maybe forget the next day. And then I'd feel really bad and I'd feel condemned that I was a bad Christian and wasn't trying hard enough. And and I'd go through these cycles of basically I was feeling good if I felt like I was doing good and I was feeling bad if I felt like I was doing bad. And praise the Lord, the just don't live by their feelings, the just live by faith. Hallelujah. That we're not called to judge ourselves according to how we feel or by our performance, but by the performance of Christ. Hallelujah. But I had to learn pretty quickly that if I was going to survive, particularly in ministry, I had to make a very purposeful, deliberate plan to schedule in 
my time with the Lord. Because it's the most hotly contested thing in a believer's life, I believe. That the enemy will go after your personal time with the Lord more than he'll go after any other aspect of your life because it is the thing he is most afraid of. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We have this opportunity every day to wait on the Lord and have our strength renewed, to mount up on wings as eagles, to have our youth renewed like the eagle, to be uh, walking and running with supernatural strength that is not dependent on age, but is dependent on the reality of the power of the sustaining one who wants to rejuvenate you inside and out. Hallelujah. And so much of that is geared around being deliberate to go and drink from the river of his pleasure for you. The Bible also says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in his presence is fullness of joy. It's an invitation all the way through scripture. Whenever I read scripture, I see it as just continuous invitation that is waiting for response. And when God says that the joy of the Lord is your strength, it's an invitation to come and sit in his presence, to drink deeply of the river of his pleasure for you, that you might be refreshed, that you might be strengthened. Not that just you'd feel good. It's something far beyond that. It's something that happens spiritually, emotionally, physically. He comes and he pours out his power and his strength in a way that can refresh you like nothing else can. And I need that. I desperately need that. Uh, you know, I need it, I need, I often say, I, I need the presence of God more than I need three meals a day and snacks. You know, I, I need it, I need, I, I'm not even okay with just a bit. I, I need to top up during the day as well. I went out with my um, kids the other day. They wanted to go and do shopping in the sales. I was a little tired. And I was walking around following after them and it was all day long and I, Partway through that afternoon, I was like, oh, I'm so tired. And I thought to myself, oh, it would be so good if I could just find a space, if I could lie down and just worship God for 10 minutes, everything would be all right. It's more refreshing than a cup of tea. Because it's my way of taking time to, to refresh and strengthen. Now, I don't often get to go to the, the shops and walk around all day. But on, on holiday, that was a reality. But it, it, it made me smile to realize I've learned that the most effective way for me to refresh, the most effective way for me to recharge, as much as I enjoy morning and afternoon tea, is not, is not a cup of tea, is not anything else. Nothing can refresh me like getting alone with God and just drinking 
in his presence, just spending time seeking his face and finding him. You know, the Bible says in his light, we see light. Everything becomes clear. And there's a supernatural transaction that happens when you drink deeply. So I, as well as having mealtimes of spending time with the Lord intentionally morning and evening, I, I like to take momentary snacks during the day where I'll, I'll read a little bit of the word or I'll just get still with God or just duck away if I'm, if I'm in meetings, even to just to duck away for two minutes and just lift up my face and let him love me, go and have a quick cuddle with God. And my strength is supernaturally renewed. Hallelujah. But I wanted tonight to just to share a little bit with you just of my own pattern that I have built into my life just so that it might encourage you as you are looking at what life could look for you, look like for you this year. That the Holy Spirit might encourage you. Now, each one is so different. We are all built differently. But every one of us needs communion with God. Every one of us needs that daily opportunity to refresh with the Lord. And while it can look different for everybody, it has to start with a decision, with a deliberate commitment to say, this is what I am choosing. The Bible says that I lay before you, set before you life and death. Choose life. Every day you have to choose. You get to make a choice. And so this, I wanted to share a little bit of how I do it and what it looks like for me, that it might just prompt you to think about what does it look like for me. So when I wake up in the morning, I, I don't immediately jump out of bed. I like to stop and think and, and just say good morning to the Lord and say, good morning, Lord. This is so wonderful to be your child. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you that you're here. And then I think about the dreams that I've just had. I like to be careful to, to not lose whatever the Lord might have been saying to me during the night. And I, I think back, what was it that I was dreaming? And like last night, I had several dreams, and and one of the dreams I saw, um, I was doing an altar call, and there were several uh, well-known prophets that I know in the meeting that I was doing, and there was, um, the Lord was saying to me in the meeting, I had a word of knowledge that there were people that had really been under attack by a spirit of fear and dread, just like we talked about before. And then I saw these different ones in the congregation, um, different prophets that I know responding. And so when I woke up and I thought about that and talked to the Lord about it, I realized, you know, this is my opportunity to pray for the prophets today. So I just began to pray for them. And I prayed for these specific ones by name that I'd seen in the dream and, and, uh, and just spoke uh, the word of the Lord over them in my prayer time for them. And then I thought about a couple of other dreams that I had during the night. And it's so wonderful to be able to just uh, let the Holy Spirit, the revealer of mysteries, uh, speak to you about what he's, what he's trying to say in our dreams. So I like to take a few minutes to do that. And then I just like to, I like to just uh, declare, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I like to set it straight before it even begins. This is what is going to happen. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is going to be a day where I am going to walk in joy. And I talked to him, and I, I also talked to him and, and about anything that might be troubling my heart and remind myself of what the Lord is saying and what he's saying to me. 
And if there's anything troubling me, if there's any condemnation, I bring it to the Lord. I say, is there anything I need to be ashamed of? Is there anything I need... Is there anything I, sh- I, I have any right to feel guilty about? And if there is something that I've done that is unrepentant, I repent. But if it's just a lagging condemnation that's trying to settle on me like a, like a ton of bricks, the Lord, as, I, as I'm just clear with him and say, Lord, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that, he'll show me the truth. And then I'll realize, thank God, I've got nothing to be ashamed of. I'm actually forgiven. I'm completely clean. Oh, thank you, God. I'm clean. I'm free. I've got nothing to be fearful of. I've got nothing to be ashamed of. And I remind myself of what I look like in the mirror of God's face. And, and it's important. You know, I, all of us have the capacity to have emotions, and therefore the enemy has the capacity to try and come and influence those emotions. That does not define you. You are defined by what God says about you. But if you have open and honest dialogue with God, he'll tell you the truth. He's so good at it. Hallelujah. And you can remind yourself with the word of God of what I look, what you look like. So that's sort of how I just begin. And then I get up and I'll, I'll, um, I'll have a glass of water, put the kettle on. Otherwise, I risk falling back asleep again. Not really a morning person. And I'll, I'll make a cup of tea. Then I'll come back into my room. Open up all the curtains and and I'll get my journal out, my pen, and my Bible. Um, I'll get my iPad because I like to study the Word a bit more. I'll get um, I've got a little. Someone just gave me a gift of a little Bluetooth speaker, so I put that in on my bed as well, and put some instrumental worship music on. And I set up my bed and I sit in my bed all propped up my music on and my got my journal and my pen and my Bible and I get quite excited when it's all set up. It's like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> it's like my little secret retreat. And it's normally before any of the children have gotten up, gotten up which is really nice. And the, the, the sun's shining and I'm ready. And then I begin to study the word and I begin to I, I, some, I'm very regularly I'm, I'm doing a study. For example, recently I did a study for a month on the book of Proverbs, or then I was doing a study on all the books that John had written. So I was looking at the Gospel of John and First, Second, and Third John and Revelation, and whatever study you might be in, it's a good thing just to do that. Sometimes, if I if I've finished a study or I feel to do something else, I'll just ask the Lord, "What would you like to read?" and and we'll go there. And then whatever the Spirit of the Lord prompts me to to look at, I just I'll go a little deeper. I'll look at it in different translations. I'll, I'll study it out a little bit, look at commentaries. And, and then I'll write down something that, I, that's, that caught my attention that day in my journal. And that's where my discipline has to happen. Because I know the next day when I open up my journal, I'm going to see whether I've written it from the day before. Even if it is just the, the scripture that I was reading, I, I'm deliberate just to write it down as a, as a personal discipline that every day I'm going to take this time to seek the Lord. And I have to schedule it. I have to make it happen in my life. People always wanting to do early morning breakfast meetings and I just have to say, mm-hmm, can't do, already got an appointment, hallelujah. And have to, uh, have to just be disciplined to say, this is what I have to do. And so that's, that's how I'll, I might begin my day. And then you know, I'll run off to the gym or something and 
put my music on and uh, listen to some worship music or listen to some teaching or audio Bible, do some exercise. And then as I get into my work and I've got meetings or emails and phone calls and things to do, I like to take a break and I might take a 10-minute break and I get on the floor and I put worship on and I just go and have a cuddle with Jesus. Ah, and I begin to sing to him. I begin to tell him how much I love him and let him love me. And then I'm refreshed. Hallelujah. And then I can get on with my day. And then I probably normally have a little 10-minute break also in the afternoon where I do the same thing, where I might, instead of worship, I might just intentionally say, Holy Spirit, I want to fellowship with you as the spirit of wisdom today. Or, Holy Spirit, I just need you. I need you to, I need you to comfort me. And then after... After the, at the end of the day and the sun's going down, if I can, I really like to go for a short little walk with the Lord. I walk and talk with the Lord. We just talk about whatever I want to talk about. Hallelujah. And then at the very end of the night, I pick up my journal again and I pick up my Bible again and I read something else. And then I'll write about it in my journal and then I put my audio Bible on and I, for 15 minutes and I go to sleep with the Bible. And that's my sort of little pattern that I like to do. Everybody else has different patterns. I I also have the joy and the privilege as being a minister of having Fridays generally is my day with Jesus. I try not to make meetings. If I do have meetings, I try to keep them to the morning because afternoons are mine. I like to have time with Jesus and I like to prepare for the weekend, but I like to just to seek his face and enjoy his presence. So that's a privilege I know not everybody has to have hours alone with God, but don't be jealous. I am blessed. Hallelujah. And I need it. I require it. I deeply, desperately need to spend time with the Lord because if I don't, I've got nothing to give. I'm coasting. I'm coasting on the gift and it gets ugly. The gifts and callings are without repentance, but I tell you, the anointing is what will break the yoke. Hallelujah. So we need, we need to spend time seeking his face. You know, I spend time seeking him for wisdom. I spend time seeking him to teach me. As, as a leader, I am an under-shepherd, the Bible says, of the great shepherd. And I have deep need for teaching. I need him to teach me. So I pray. I I regularly pray the scriptures. So I like to get up and walk around and pray the word of God. I I pray the apostolic prayers. You know, I mix it up a lot. But I love to pray the word of God. love to pray the apostolic prayers, the prayers of the Bible. I personalize them. I pray them out. And I speak them out loud. I don't just pray them in my head. I speak it out loud. I also make declarations about uh, what my day is going to look like, what this year is going to look like. I declare the prophecies according to 1 Timothy 1.18. I wage war with the prophetic words spoken over me. I'll pull them out. I've got them written. I sometimes go back in my journal and I look at dreams that the Lord's given me. He'll remind me of things. and Or I'll, I'll go back over prophetic words and begin to, to sharpen my sword with it and say, that's right, come on, that's right, I believe it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is what's going to happen and I declare it. And a life, when it's, when it's disciplined around uh, the, the one who is our source, is a life that can be sustained. 
And the heart of God is that we as a people would really be deliberate in our living, that we would take time every day to live very purposefully in seeking the face of God. God wants us to discover the joy and the delight of his love. He wants us to understand and know his personality. He is unsearchable, and yet he says, seek my face over and over again. Seek my face. Why? Because he always wants to show you more. He always wants to reveal more of himself to you. He is more excited about spending time with you than you are to spend time with him far more. He's excited. The Bible says he is rejoicing. In fact, if you look at some translations, he's spinning with delight, turning and twirling. Dancing over you, singing over you. That is, when he looks at you, he gets delight and pleasure because you are the apple of his eye. And when you come to spend time with him, he's not there frustrated and annoyed and saying, I'm not going to talk to you. He's there and it's his great pleasure to come and love on you, to show you truth. It's his moment where he can bring, when he's got your undivided attention and he can reveal truth. And his truth is more powerful than anything we could ever imagine. It's more powerful than any drug. It's more powerful than any refreshing thing that you could imagine. When, he, when you start to get into that place of his just speaking truth over you, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You come into a place of, oh, wow. Wow, God, thank you for helping me see. He reminds us of truth. That's Psalm 36, verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. He's our source. Continually pouring over us, washing us, refreshing us, cleansing us, setting us free from condemnation and fear and guilt and shame and lies and sin and empowering us to live in righteousness and freedom with a clean conscience and a pure heart, clean hands, hallelujah, by the great grace of God. We come into his light and, it, and every trace of darkness has to flee as he speaks and he thunders over you, his voice. Light dispels darkness. We can't shovel the darkness out before we come into the light. We need the light to get rid of the darkness. That's why he says, come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. That rest is so intense and so glorious. It's not just a physical rest. It's a freedom, a shalom, a wholeness that's, that's so full and so glorious. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Where he comes and he restores your soul. He makes us to lie down in green pastures, it says in, in the Psalms, and restores our soul. Do you know, every day he wants to restore your soul back to truth. It's as though the, through the day and the nights the, the enemy will try and come and, and peck away at, at, at the truth and try and peck away at your life. And, and when you come up before the Lord deliberately and look at him, he comes and he restores truth. So all the bits of uh, fear and lies that the enemy's been trying to bring upon you suddenly loses its power. Because who can stand before the Lord Almighty? When you come to him, that's where you're safe. 
The righteous run into him. He's our strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. So when you get, you come before him and you say, I'm just here to seek your help. He's like, you're here. You've run into the strong tower. It's my delight to be your great hero. It's my delight to be your great deliverer. You're, mm, here you are. You're safe with me now. Let me speak some truth to you. And he'll begin to remind you that you are not a victim, that you are not just surviving, but that you are actually created in the image of God, that you've been redeemed and made brand new on the inside, and that is flowing through the outside of you. He'll remind you of your destiny and your purpose. He'll remind you that you now look like him, in that as he is, so are you in this world. It's the place where our souls are so utterly restored. Our souls, our mind, will, and emotions are ministered to. He speaks to our spirits. He speaks to our souls. And he ministers to our flesh, refreshes us. That's why I feel so great when I get up after even just having a snack with Jesus. Or sometimes I'll do it by just... Reminding myself of the word or opening the word and just reading and praying out loud the word of God. And, and the word of God is so powerful. If you're struggling to try and find, I'm trying to find breakthrough, I'm trying to find breakthrough. Open the book and just speak it over yourself. Pray it over yourself. Declare it. It's The word of God is powerful. It is the weapon, hallelujah, of, of warfare that we've been given. We've been given the armor. And we've been given one weapon, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. You speak it, you declare it. He'll, as you spend time soaking in his presence, looking to him, he will drop thoughts into your head. He'll remind you of the words of Jesus. He'll remind you of scripture. And there are opportunities, invitations for you to grab and then speak. When he says it, I say it because I know that he is smarter than I am and he is my ever-present help in time of need and he will give me uh, scripture, he'll give me thoughts so that I can fight the good fight of faith, hallelujah, not with carnal weapons, not with willpower, not with trying to sort myself out through emotionally trying to reason myself out of things. The word of God is what brings light, hallelujah, to the simple. Praise the Lord. And, you know, when you humble yourself and say, God, you're smart, you're wise, I'm simple, I need help, the humble get help. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That is, humble yourself and say, I need you to be my teacher. I need you to help me. I need you. And I thank you that you will. I come in faith knowing that as I look to you and say, I need a cuddle, I need your help, I need your wisdom, that you will not deny me. I look to you with expectation, knowing that you are my Savior. You weren't just my Savior on the day that I gave my life to you. You are my Savior today. You are my Savior from every evil attack. You are my Savior in every respect. And I want to know you more. I want to discover you more. I want to find you and feel you. I want you to minister to my soul today. And, and as you go in faith, believing he will, ooh, he does. So many people look for remedies for their soul in so many different things. And, I just need, I'm so worn out, I just, and that, you know, they might watch hours and hours of television, whereas if they took 10 minutes to seek the face of God, suddenly they'd be restored. 
God's desire is not to harm you, not to make us a, a, a robotic, um, obligated, religious slave out of you. He wants to do life and life more abundant with you. He wants to have relationship with you that is vibrant and glorious so that you can spend time with your family. You can enjoy life, hallelujah, living a balanced, healthy, whole life that recognizes that he is the fountain. He is the source. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. I believe that it's in this place of receiving the love of God, of deliberately going to him and recognizing I need greater revelation of who you are. You are love and I need to know you. I want to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of you, God. I want to know you. I want to experience you. It's in that place, that perfect love, swimming in the, in the middle of that revelation that God wants to overwhelm you. He wants to overwhelm your soul. So that all fear just has to go. Perfect love casts out fear. He wants to overwhelm you so that your mind suddenly gets unlocked with the gift of faith that works by love. So that you start to imagine and enter into and partner with the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine. You can begin to partner with the daydreams of God. I, I do that too. I deliberately, intentionally daydream with God in his presence. Does anybody else do that? Oh, so you should do that. Because it's the birthplace of purposes. The heart of God is that you would begin in his presence to start to daydream like a child with God. Because he'll ignite it with supernatural faith. And he'll cause you to mount up on wings as eagles, see it from a heavenly perspective and believe it with a childlike faith that comes from having been saturated from swimming in the revelation of God's great love for you. If you made any resolution this year, could I encourage you to make a disciplined approach to enjoying Jesus, to enjoying him, his presence, seeking his face and finding him in his word, of enjoying him and, and understanding that he wants to be your help in every aspect of your devotional life. And he wants that to flow into every aspect of your life so that you are a delight and a joy to be around. He is excited about your life on earth. And he is longing for you to be so filled up on a daily basis with peace that passes understanding, joy supernatural and full of glory, over, overwhelming and overflowing, that every person you meet is impacted by this joy and this love and the power, the glory of God himself. Are you a delight to be around? Because I can tell you, that is the destiny God has on your life, that you would be an absolute delight to be around all the time. Is that possible? Absolutely. Because if you will live in this place of being deliberately choosing life, of choosing every day by making 
small decisions every day to choose life, God's heart for you is that you would live in continuous, abiding joy. It's nice to be around joyful people. They're fun. They're happy. Who likes to be around really miserable, complaining, sad sacks? Who really, some people, God bless the gifts of mercy. Hallelujah. Generally speaking, it's nice to be around life-giving people. And I'm not talking about a personality, whether you're introverted, extroverted, nothing to do with it. If you are genuinely full of the Holy Spirit, his love and his joy and his glory and his life, and you've, you've spent time being renewed and refreshed, people are going to want what you've got. And instead of being self-protective, it's like this vision I saw tonight in worship. I saw myself with God on, the, on, on this island, and then I saw all the nations around the perimeter, around the horizon and a big ocean. And then the Lord invited me to dive into the ocean. And, and as I was there, I wasn't quite sure why we were doing that, because I was thinking, don't you want all the nations to come? And as I was down there diving with the Lord in the ocean, I know it sounds strange, but it was glorious. I enjoyed it. As I began to pray that prayer, Lord, I want to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of your love. I realized that is an ocean. And it's in that place. It's out of that place of exploring the depths, the height, the width, the breadth of the love of God that the nations will come to the brightness of our rising. It's from that place there will be an explosion of worship, an explosion of joy, an explosion of glory that will cause the nations to stream in, to, draw, to, to be drawn to the brightness of your rising. It's in that place that you will receive the keys from heaven, the angelic help. All that is needed, if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. He will give you the nations as your inheritance. He'll give it all to you if you will prioritize. It didn't make sense to me when I was seeing this vision. I started with God on the island and seeing the nations on the horizon. I'm thinking, God, okay, how we, I know I can see you want to draw the nations to you. How are we going to do that? How do you want to do that? And here he is, let's go diving. It didn't make any sense. But it makes absolute sense when you start to understand the kingdom. If you go diving with God, as in you'll just get away, you and him alone in the secret place, and discover the depths, the width, the height, the breadth, that's the way to see the nations come to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you for your goodness. Oh, God, I thank you for this wonderful year. Lord, I thank you that it's your desire and your delight is to do exceedingly abundantly above, to call as your people to be as those who dreamed. Lord, I thank you that you'd cause them to walk in their dreams, Lord, that you'd cause them to dream bigger dreams, deeper, higher, more wonderful dreams with you, God, that your will and your purpose would be established on the earth. Father, I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to pray for some people tonight. Are you happy still?
you know, just lift up your cheek and let God give you a kiss. He'll, he'll make you blush. He will. I do. I go and have sneakies with God. I'm like, I work right here. People think I'm going to the bathroom, but actually I'm just like. You can do it. doesn't matter what you're doing at work. You just go and have some time with God. Just a minute. Oh, yes. oh this is good God. Mm-mm. And come back. Other people have been away having a smoko. Feel better. <laughs> you don't even know what better looks like. Hi. <sighs> Let him love you. Let him love you. I can feel him. I just he's just here going, ah, so I want to love them. Ah, just let him love you. Ah, let him love you to the place where you can't handle it anymore and then you just yield and say, okay, yes, yes, more. A lot of people won't do that because they like to stay in control, but I can tell you it's so good when you give up to the Lordship of Jesus. Ah. Let him take control. Let him overwhelm you and things get good. That was another vision I had during worship. I was holding the Father's hands and I was on his feet. But I wasn't dancing with him like this. He was behind me and we were walking like this. We were dancing like this. And it's so, so much a picture of what God wants to do with us. He wants us continually to be holding on to him. He wants to make the walk fun and he wants to to be powerful. Him guiding our steps, guiding our hands all the time. You know, everybody's personal walk with the Lord is personal. But I tell you, everybody is called into deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper love relationship with God because it's in that place that all all power flows from. It's that place where raising the dead just becomes logical. It's in that place where all things are possible. Because you believe, because you're in that place of, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for your grace, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your anointing.